Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the contents in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review. I'm talking today with Dr. Marianne Evans-Mount, president of Catholic Distance University, reported to be the only fully online Catholic university in the country. Welcome, Dr. Mount. Thank you very much, Chris. I'm happy to be here. Catholic Distance University has been around for more than three decades, but the internet as we know it is a much more recent invention than that. So CDU has not always been an online university. How did CDU get its start, and what was that like in the early years when it was known as the Catholic Home Study Institute? Chris, um, those were the days when we had uh, relationships between students and faculty, but our students were not able to meet each other and interact with each other in classes the way traditional students do when they go to a campus. So the advent of the Internet, which enabled our students to meet each other and interact with each other in class with their faculty member was really like magic. And um, that happened actually the first time in 2000. And once we experienced that as a um, as staff and as an institution, we recognized the power of the internet and how exciting it was to have this real educational experience right before our eyes, right on the laptop or the computer screen. So before uh, that, was it, always, of, was it all kind of done by, was it all kind of done by mail before that? It was done by mail, and I have to say, I was certainly not educated this way, but when I researched correspondence education, I found some amazing stories. Um, for example, I found out that there was an institution in Maryland that had an entire K-12 curriculum that was fully accredited, uh, that parents received cassette tapes to do physical education classes wow. for their students. Um, and it was all accredited. And um, for some students, because we uh, introduced that as a way of educating lay people, we found that some of these students were really transformed um, both by the quality of the courses and the kinds of readings they were doing, but also with the relationship they had with their faculty member. So even though to most of us it doesn't really seem too appealing, for some people, and probably those who are introverts, um, it was really a very contemplative experience. Um, so I don't like to discount the correspondence model. What I do love is that our students today, through the Internet, have a real vibrant online learning community where they're in touch with each other, they're, they contact each other outside of class, they support each other, and they also have that kind of interactive relationship with their faculty member. Um, 
So I think the early days of our correspondence programs was a great preparation for what we're doing now because we learned how to support students who, who study at a distance. And today our students are in the same situation. Even though they are connecting with each other, they're still not sitting physically in a class with their faculty member. So uh, we really know how to support students at a distance. Yeah, and that's, I, I know that correspondence courses were popular for a lot of people, you know, a, dec a few decades ago, and, and a lot of people who just didn't have time or couldn't get to a, a full-time university, and this was really one of their only options to do some additional learning. Um, and that's you right, and some, you know, yes. And you mentioned the other night at the gala, at your annual gala, that the Knights of Columbus were also early users of home study courses for Catholics, right? People wanted to learn they more about They were, the actually, that's right. They were doing it in the 1940s. Um, you know, they recognized that this was a way, a very quiet way of reaching people. And people, you know, people of every generation are hungry to know God, to know the truth, to know what the church teaches. Maybe their neighbors are Catholic and they're curious. Um, and correspondence courses can provide that knowledge. So, you know, they've had a very important role in evangelization. I think it was, I mean, when I was growing up, I, we read Parade Magazine every weekend. It was in the, the local newspapers. And we always saw ads from the Knights of Columbus for, you know, if you want to learn more about the faith. And, and that's a really kind of where the first connection to CDU got started, right? Can the yes. help helped yeah. you with some of that? They did. Um, our um, first chairman was Bishop Thomas Welsh, who was the founding bishop of Arlington, and he was very close friends with Virgil Deccan, who was the Supreme Knight who served on the Pontifical Council for the Family with Bishop Welsh. And um, so they worked together early on um, to help build CDU because their role was really the initial evangelization, uh, sharing the basic fundamental truths of the Catholic Church, and then CDU um, kind of took it from there and offered courses that gave a deeper and richer uh, understanding of church teachings and where they come from, and we used church documents and really began to educate lay people in a fuller way. Um, so I think the Knights were very happy that CDU was established and able to continue educating lay people. And, of course, after Vatican II, I think the Church had a much clearer awareness of the lay vocation in the Church and how important it is, because we're the ones out in the world who are making Christ and the Church present. So we need to be well-formed and able to respond to people. Mm -hmm. Years ago, when if if there was a document issued by the Pope or the Vatican or by the U.S. bishops, one of the only ways to get that would have been if your local Catholic newspaper published the text of that in full. And I know when I newspapers that I worked for in the 1980s, that was a really important thing for us to make sure that if a papal exhortation or an encyclical came out, we would publish the full text so our readers would have access to that. Not everybody yeah. had access to that, and nowadays, you know, we can get those instantly the, as soon as they're released on the internet. But 30 years ago, that certainly wasn't the case. That that lay Catholics in the pew would have easy access to church documents, as you're talking about. Well, that's right. And uh, another 
very close ally of CDU in those days was the Daughters of St. Paul, and um, they published those documents, so we would purchase those documents to use in our courses, and the Daughters, um, I remember at one point they printed beautiful posters about CDU to help promote an awareness among uh, their customers and clients that they could take courses and learn more about their faith and read these documents in the classes. So um, we're, we're grateful for the daughters as well. But like you say, today it's instantaneous. And um, our students know that whatever documents they're studying, they have ac- access to for free. Sure. So they just need to go to the Vatican website or the USCC, you know, the, the bishops, the American bishops uh, website as well. Yeah, and part of the concern there is that you also need to make sure that they're getting the authentic document and not the New York Times interpretation of that document. Well, that's right, or so, yes, or someone's summary of it. You know, you don't want that. And uh, I think it was probably one of the first times that lay people were actually invited to read these documents, and they're very beautifully written. They're full of quotations from sacred scripture, and um, they can just be wonderful, inspiring spiritual reading, um, which years ago I don't think lay people thought about reading those documents. No, they would have been very hard to read and hard to get, and I think by yeah. making them more readily available, I mean, as the, the Pope's most recent document on, on love and the family yeah. has been very well received because of the, the really pastoral nature of, of his language. But so was Familiaris Consortio back in the 1980s that, that Pope John Paul, Pope St. John Paul, issued on about the family. So some of that's accessible, you just have to know where to get it. That's right, and I think you're, you're uh, so right that Pope Francis has a wonderful uh, style of writing that makes the teachings very accessible, and he uses beautiful imagery, um, and he really makes the gospel come alive. And maybe that's part of his Jesuit education, but um, I think it's it's a wonderful quality, and I know I always look forward to um, reading his um, um, Sunday morning Angelus, uh, exhortations when he goes out to his window and greets everyone and comments on the gospel for Sunday. He just has a beautiful, beautiful way of presenting the teachings. That's great. Well, we're talking with Dr. Marianne Evans Mount, president of the Catholic Distance University. After the break, we'll talk with her some more about why it's so important to offer, offer solid Catholic education in the digital world. I'm Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you're listening to Catholic Malthorn. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world from the Catholic Review. On a clear day in late October, Chris Kennedy and a few other students could have had a day off from school, playing video games or other activities. Instead, on October 21st, accompanied by Chris Sparks, Coordinator of Youth and Young Adult Ministries at St. Ignatius of Loyola in Imesville, four boys and one girl cleaned the portion of New Cathedral Cemetery reserved for infants who have died before or just after birth. Two bunches of flowers marked a spot of freshly turned earth where children had been buried October 7th. A granite marker there includes an etching of the Holy Family and words from Isaiah, I will not forget you, I have carved you on the palms of my hands. 
Babies are buried twice a year at the large plot, which has been in use for about two decades. In another service project, the campus of St. Margaret Parish in Belair clambered with tentative taps and confident bangs October 6th as approximately 75 volunteers nailed two by sixes together. In less than two hours, the carpenters, many of them parishioners of St. Margaret, assembled all the exterior wall panels for the second floor of a single family home to be built in Elkton by Habitat for Humanity Susquehanna. The organization, which serves Harford and Cecil counties, typically builds eight houses per year for affordable home ownership and assists another 50 households in preserving their homes. Cardinal William H. Keeler's dream of restoring the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Baltimore to its original vision became a reality a decade ago this week when workers completed a painstaking two-year restoration effort. The accomplishment was cause for a national celebration as Catholic leaders from across the country descended on Baltimore November 4th through 12th, 2006 for the rededication of a building whose cornerstone had been laid 200 years earlier. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is Christopher Gunty. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android and follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL. We're back on Catholic Baltimore with Dr. Marianne Evans-Mount, president of the Catholic Distance University, an online Catholic college. At your annual gala last weekend, you honored our own Archbishop William Lowry of Baltimore with the Founders Award. I guess that's CBU's highest award, but also along with Carl Anderson, Supreme Knight of the Knights of Columbus. Why were they selected for the award? We um, have wanted to honor both Archbishop Lowry and Carl Anderson for a number of years, and we've had um, scheduling conflicts and so forth, but we've Always, we've, we've really admired so much the work of the Knights of Columbus, and I think the leadership of Carl Anderson has really expanded the Knights and rooted them uh, in the parish life, which is so important. And he has also grown the membership of the Knights, and I think he has emphasized the importance of education. And Archbishop Lori, as the Supreme Chaplain, um, has given such a heroic example, uh, being a spokesman for the uh, issue of religious liberty for the Church, for pro-life issues. Uh, Archbishop Lori is a marvelous teacher, and um, 
and I think he really teaches with love, um, which to me came through so beautifully in his homily um, at the Mass uh, that we have every year for our graduates. And um, so I think this is just, this was a wonderful opportunity for us to say thank you to the Knights for all the ways they have supported our students and our programs and what they are doing to really build the Catholic community in the United States. It's, it's very inspiring. That's good. Now, speaking of your students and your graduates, you conferred 26 degrees this weekend uh, in associate's degrees, bachelor's degrees, master's degrees. Who are your typical students? Um, you know, our typical students are working adults. Um, our associate uh, of arts degree awardees are, tend to be a bit younger, but most of our students um, are working and the associate's degree and bachelor's degree students are usually adults who have a little bit of college behind them, but they have never been able to finish a degree program. And oftentimes they are volunteering in their parishes as catechists. They are working in uh, programs in the church. Maybe they're working in the family life office or the pro-life office. And they love the opportunity not only to earn a degree, but to major in theology. Now, in our associate's degree, it is a degree in liberal arts with a concentration in Catholic studies. And in that program, you really are given a foundation in Catholic teaching. You study the catechism. You study um, the philosophy of the human person. So you're given a very good grounding. You study economics, but that includes Catholic social teachings, and um, you can study nutrition, which is a science course, but it also includes um, teaching on the human person and um, the, the um, truth that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So um, we are able to incorporate uh, Catholic teaching into all of the general education courses along with uh, the theology courses that would be taken. And with the bachelor's degree, it's actually a degree completion program. So you would transfer in um, usually about 60 to 80 credits that would include your general education. And then we will give you a major in theology uh, that will total all of your credits to 120 uh, to earn the bachelor's degree. So we can give you a major. We also have um, some general education courses that do incorporate Catholic teaching, um, but our bachelor's is a completion program. That's great. So what makes CD? And then we do have some graduates, excuse me, I was just going to say some of our graduates become um, so adept at studying online that they end up staying and moving into the, the MA degree program. That's great. And you have a lot of military, uh, members of the military who are deployed who are students, don't you? Yes, we do, Chris. That has been a strong commitment of CDU from the early days. Um, I personally was an Army grad. I grew up in the military. My dad was a career Army officer, and um, we know what it is like for military um, to be uh, in difficult parts of the world, to be separated from their families, 
Um, we educate their families. We participate in tuition reimbursement for um, active duty military through the Department of Defense. Our programs are approved by them. And we um, participate in veteran education benefits. Um, and we also have a, a special um, uh, tuition uh, rate for military and their families. So um, we try to support the military in, in every way possible. We also have a partnership with the Archdiocese for the military services um, so that the uh, military families can take our continuing education courses at a, um, a very reasonable cost. And the Archbishop for the military, uh, Archbishop Brolio, serves on our board of trustees, and we've had a military bishop on our board um, since probably the mid-1980s. What makes CDU unique in today's digital world? Yeah, I think there are, a few, there are several things. First of all, uh, we know from reading the World Communications Day messages from the recent popes, starting with St. John Paul II, Benedict, the 16th and now Pope Francis, that they are completely embracing the digital world and, and they want the church to be present in the words of Pope Benedict on the digital continent. You know, that is like the new frontier. Mm -hmm. And um, we, the church needs to be there and we need to be providing Catholic higher education, uh, you know, it's, to say a click of a mouse, but, you know, through our mobile devices. And today at CDU, you can earn an MA degree with a smartphone. And that's, that's, that's how it that's needs amazing. to be. That's amazing. It is amazing. But I, I've heard that 90% uh, of students today are using mobile technology for education. So the church must be there, and, they, and it must be there with authentic, a faithful Catholic teaching. And there are some other unique benefits of CDU because there's a growing opportunity for online programs with a number of Catholic institutions. But I think CDU is unique because we are a pioneer. We have been doing it longer than anyone else. And I think we understand the unique dynamic of studying online. For example, um, in a class at CDU, there is an equality of participation. Everybody has to participate in discussion, not just the extroverts. Um, we also have an online campus because we know that social presence helps to build an awareness of who your classmates are. So if you're interacting uh, in the online cafe and learning about each other's families, you're uploading photos, you're getting to know each other, and that enhances the online experience. It's more than just emails yeah. back and forth, right? Absolutely. And our faculty, are they are recruited and trained to understand how to use the digital um, media to really enhance the classroom experience. So our, our faculty, first of all, they're scholars, they're passionate about their own faith, and they want to be teaching at CDU. They're not teachers who are faculty from a, a traditional university that are picking up some extra money by teaching at CDU. They are fully committed to this, and um, our faculty are trained to know how to facilitate discussion online, to use uh, media, to come up with ways of encouraging collaboration in classes, 
Um, and it's, the classroom is generally very interactive. And so that's, those are qualities that I, I think you don't always find um, at institutions that may do online as an add-on, um, but it may, may not be their primary method of delivering education as it is for us. And you can get more information about Catholic Distance University, an online, fully Catholic, fully online university at cdu.org. Cdu.edu. I'm sorry, yep. cdu.edu. Thank yep. you. And we've been talking today with Dr. Marianne Evans-Mount, President of the Catholic Distance University. Thanks for, being, thanks for being with us. I'm Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore. For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.